Alright, what's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Addicted Hunting Podcast. Before we get started today, uh, if you guys could do us a huge favor and share this out there, uh, click the subscribe button, whatever you gotta do, we're doing this for you guys, giving you content, tips, tricks, everything. This is for you guys, so share it out there, share the wealth to all your friends that might want to listen to some hunting stories and stuff. So, anyways, today we have the Illness Outdoors in the house tonight. I'll uh, let them introduce themselves. I'm Levi. I'm Tracy. And I'm Scott Gillis. All right, so these are good friends of ours. Uh, we've known them for a long time, and they got a super cool group going on. They, uh, they, uh, well, I'm going to let them tell you the, the backstory on the Illness Outdoors and how it got started. It got started, what, about two years ago on Tracy's uh, Dayton hunt. We kind of wanted to get some film together and get going, and so I decided to come up with a logo, and that's how it pretty much started was from there. Yeah, you you came to us right. from that point. And mm -hmm. Go ahead. And you we, guys, kind of, we just kind of got all together and decided we want to share the passion out there and mm -hmm. you know let everybody know what we do with all of our hunting and film it and get it out there for everybody and see if we can get any new people to into the hunting world and share, yeah. share what we do in our lives with everybody so uh, that's super awesome <laughs> I, I think we're all kind of trying to do the same thing here is is uh share that passion and share you know hunting as a, a good sport and a positive outlook and i think that's what we're all trying to do right exactly. um Anyway. I don't think you guys mentioned it, but they're all related. Yeah. Yep. The, so, yep. the Gillis boys. The, the Gillis clan. So, yeah. yeah. And Michael Baston, who's not here right now. Yeah. So, he's part of it too, but he's yeah. brother-in-law now. Yeah. He's part of family still. So. Yeah. Yep. We got to get Mike in here and do a podcast with him. Mm -hmm. That'd yeah, be fun. for sure. Uh, I thought he actually was going to be here, but uh, unfortunately he couldn't make it, so... Well, we, we need to get him in here and talk about his first deer hunt. I think that would be a, a good podcast. <laughs> that, that would be that would a whole be separate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tracy and I, we never, never at that point, we never even uh, got to do anything with our uh, deer tag in Idaho. <laughs> but, it was yeah. fun, though. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah. We learned a lot. Yeah. Well, and, and just from what I've seen, you guys have, like, just lit a fire with him, like, when it comes to hunting. Like, he, I've been fishing with Mike forever, and I, I never really talked to him about hunting. We never, right. I mean, never seemed interested until he became part of your guys' family, and then all of a sudden, it's just like, he's he's addicted <laughs> to hunting. I mean, yeah. he Trust loves me, it. We yeah. are still going to go shooting, and we still are going to get his first deer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, so how did you guys' 2018 hunt season go? Uh, tell us, tell us from the beginning. I know you guys have some super exciting stories to share. So we started. We started out. We put in for New Mexico, um, and we drew our first choice, which was awesome. And it was a 14-day hunt. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we went down there and. It was, uh, we had about a week, uh, just under a week of scouting before the hunt started. And then the day before season, four other guys showed up to help us out. So <clears throat> we had some, a lot of people looking in different areas and kind of covered the country. Just to Levi, find, Levi was cameraman, right? Yeah. Levi came, yep. yep. He was walking around me the whole time. So And, and you, cool. Scott and Tracy had tags. On yes. this New Mexico, yeah, we had yep. tags. We had two, I, two tags. I spent about eighty percent of my hunting with in a different area without a cameraman. So most of the footage that was in I, um, New Mexico was Tracy being filmed by Levi. So but yeah, they'll we'll be getting some more cameras, and definitely from what we learned from that hunt is you have to have multiple cameras because mm -hmm. if you split up. You yeah. have no clue what he's doing over there, so right. we'll definitely get more squared away for the next one. But um, filming yeah, hunts, yeah, man, it's, it's got it's, it's got its own difficult. trials and tribulations. Oh, it is. It's, sure. it's, 
It's, it's hard. For sure. It's we a learning learn. curve for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Levi did Learning the equipment awesome and everything is on that, difficult. On that. You know, the first year that we had it, um, it was definitely a learning curve when we went to Dayton. But mm-hmm. then the New Mexico, that that footage turned out really good. You know, it's hard was, to keep it steady and just mm-hmm. going you, and focused and everything. A lot of what you can and right. can't do with a camera, um, mm-hmm. for sure, for sure. So, so you guys, when you guys head over to New Mexico, you guys gave yourselves a couple days of just scouting, right before your hunt started. You, it started on Saturday, I think, and. We got down there on Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. So we gave ourselves quite a bit of time to to go out and just see if any bulls are bugling yet and most try the, and find the elk. The most important part of that whole thing is going early to get acclimated because you're hunting <laughs> so high. Um, mm-hmm. Some people take pills, you know, for the altitude, but um, it's, it's pretty important to show up early because the guys that came down on the airplane and we sent them in you know a different direction to scout um there was a couple of them that they were just sucking wind so yeah. i mean it's it's hard to get used to that so you have to show up early um it's a must in my in my opinion i i 100 agree we had the same issue in colorado this year it kicked our butts the first couple of days yeah and once we all got acclimated it was like man a breath of fresh air, like I can finally breathe, right, you right, know. Right. We right. all live at sea level, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. anything outside of right. the west coast of Washington is is <laughs> definitely not our normal. Right? Yeah, I took one of our buddies, Tom, with, a, with yeah. me the, uh, in the beginning, and I had been there already for four or five days, and he started to hunt with me, and he was trying to keep up. He said, Gillis, I, I, I can't do this. I, you're going to have to find one of the other guys to go with you the next day because he wasn't acclimated yet. So when when they're screaming, it's time to go, and he was holding me back. So, <laughs> and, he, and he knew it. So he told me, he goes, you just you got to get Kevin to go with you. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. But yeah, it was, it was for the hunt-wise you know, we started out day before season and found a couple bulls that were bugling, and um, and then we opening day. Obviously, we went after them, and huge, huge, huge lightning storm, thunderstorm <laughs> came through, and that's cool. We had lightning hitting yeah. the ground right <laughs> next to us. It was actually a little scary, <laughs> but um, the bulls just kind of moved off, and you know. They would only talk early in the morning to start, you know, the season out. So we kind of, we were on them for a couple of days. Yeah. And we decided there wasn't a ton of bulls bugling yet. So we decided to kind of split up at that point and go different ways. And so that's what we did. And I think you guys uh, it was, found a bunch of bulls that were bugling. Yeah, and, we stumbled onto this yeah. huge ridge that, there was bulls and Tracy went down one side with Levi and and I went a different direction that took us like about five miles to get around the other side but it basically was the same ridge coming in from a different direction and and there was just this huge ravine that for what like Mm -hmm. three days straight we were in there and the whole ravine it was chaos it was lots and lots of bulls There, there was on an average from that's where we hunted the rest of the season because the bulls were there and we didn't have any there pressure. must there must have been you know some hot cows because every bull in the whole canyon was screaming. <laughs> that's awesome. And on an average, we had probably five to ten different bulls screaming all day long. New ones working in and old ones working out. Yeah. The crazy thing is, is every time that we were not in there hunting and we were out on a road. Or at camp, or somebody came around. They were like, "Yeah, man, we haven't heard nothing." And the whole time, we're like clammed up, thinking, "Holy, I mean, this is crazy." Where we are hunting is chaos every single morning, and it was we would chase them from one end to the next. In the evening, it was chaos. Sounds like an elk hunter's paradise. It was. <laughs> and it was. I think the plate. biggest, I think the biggest thing about that hunt that helped us huge. It's not going back to camp, right? Midday. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Stayed we, out we, there midday. We, we yep. stayed out there every day we were there. We hunted from daylight to dark. Never went back to camp. And it helped us huge because these these elk, they would be hot and heavy for the morning till about 10, 11 o'clock. They would bed down for an hour or so. And right around 11, noon, 1 o'clock, they get up. The whole canyon just comes alive again. Mm-hmm. And you're you're out there chasing them again midday. And once right they get their cows bedded down and they feel safe, they go... Right, and then they yep. kind of shut up for a couple hours here and there, but that would that helped us huge to stay on them throughout the whole day, and know because they moved so much down there that yeah. you know <laughs> one one bull would come in and try and take them, and they would push. So you're, I mean, you're chasing all these screaming bulls in this huge herd that you know if you went back to camp, they would be two ridges over. When you went back to that same ridge, they wouldn't be there. So you had to kind of stay on them. And, and while so we, that was a learning curve. While we were actually out there hunting and knew that we were doing the right thing by staying out there hunting these bulls that were screaming, the rest of the group that was, was back at camp um, that came down, they would go back to camp. And, and from where we were to camp, it's like five miles. Everybody was back at their camps. Mm-hmm. In the midday, we were the only ones out there hunting. Yeah. So, right. Had it all to yourselves. We actually and had this canyon to ourselves. We did for have the most part. one person, a couple guys that came yeah. the road we were using to get in there. Um, there was a couple days where we'd have a person here, or a person there, but they wouldn't stay. They never continued to hunt it with us. So mm-hmm. they kind of seen us and then they kind of moved off to a different part of the unit. I mean, the unit was huge. So, right. And it didn't matter where you went. There was elk everywhere in the unit. Yeah. But we just found where the bulls were bugling. So So how, my question to you guys is, you know, you think about New Mexico and you think of kind of like high desert, like dry. Nope. Nope. (laughs) It's like out east. Really? (laughs) Like the blues. Was was water important? Finding water? Water was very important. It was... Midday, they'd go to water. Yeah. Were they pretty consistent then with going to water too? Yeah. We, yeah, we didn't know there's, in the beginning. So, so, so down there, it's it's a lot different than here. You know, you don't got big creek bottoms and stuff like that. It's more of... They build water holes down there. They're just big ponds that... They call them tanks. They call them a tank, you know, and they just fill up with water. So we personally have never hunted over a water hole because we haven't had to but that was an option I mean, we checked a bunch of them out and checking where the sign was and you know if there was any elk in that water hole or this water hole and we kind of we've been down there a couple other times in the unit so we know kind of where to go that's, that's so, super important and that that helped us huge because to start, to, when we were doing the scouting, we tried all new areas that we've never been. Right. And we were seeing elk, but never heard any bugling, nothing talking, and not a ton of sign. So we went back to where we had all the action in the past couple times we've been down there, and that's where we ended up hunting. So, so and Scott, you've, you've had this tag before, right? Yeah, I, that's something that's not... <laughs> You don't really want to talk about because people get kind of a little uh, offended on it. But it, honestly, um, the guys, especially the guys down there, because it's a hard tag to draw, and I've been there three times. Um, so it's I've been fortunate enough to draw it three times. Um, but when you told you know the local down there that you are back for the third time, they're like, "What?" You know what I mean? Yeah, and so, they. Keep asking us who I, we know in the I kinda, New Mexico I, fishing game. After a while, I was <laughs> we like, call that the yellow curse. <laughs> I don't know about yeah. this, and, you know. So, but but, um, but yeah, I have been there, and I've learned a lot. And all three times that we've been there, we have never ever been to the same spot. We've tried different areas. We we've the first time we we're there. We're in a completely different completely area different than area. what we were last year. Um, 
but every time we go we learn a little more and more you know so we where we hunted this year was in between the two spots where we've been the last two times so right the elk were in the other spots but they weren't talking so we just happened to find where the bulls were screaming and bugling and doing all the rotten and that, that that's big canyon we, uh, we didn't know it in the beginning but as we kept further and further deeper into this canyon we figured out that that there was a creek and mm -hmm. it, it came out of the ground and then as it went down the canyon it disappeared under the ground so there was a stretch in the middle where they were using to go get water and we kept hearing them midday we kept hearing them down there so it was like we need to figure out what's down there which we kind of figured was water. So we went down in there and that's when it was like, this is kind of a game changer now because now we know what they're doing and coming down there. So we set up a blind down in there. Um, we were close. We were close. <laughs> yeah. We, close we, found, we found where they would cross through the bottom, going from ridge to ridge, they'd cross through the bottom. And we thought we had it pretty well secured. And then the day I think me and Levi went in there. I think it was my last day. I think it was your last day, yeah, that they were there and they ended up uh having some bulls. I think oh we heard some bunch of cows talking, I think. So we decided we were gonna leave because it kinda shut up and then all of a sudden these couple cows started talking and we knew that it wasn't no people because there hasn't been no pressure in there, so we decided to turn around and all of a sudden the bulls started bugling and we found this in the bottom there's a big flat and where they crossed it was rub after rub after rub and just big green grass mm -hmm. meadow kind of in the bottom and, and that's when we really figured out where they were crossing there's huge trails that they've been using so that's where we set the blind up the second time and not on the water where they were crossing so we kind of did a bunch of gambling of where to set the blind up and so we kind of wasted a couple of days kind of through there but we got close yeah. and then you, you went and sat in the blind for yeah. a day and i sat in it and had a <clears throat> probably a 335 340 bull that walked with all the cows and he was a probably about a 120 yards up the hill from me and i'm like oh no 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 come down come down sideline me the whole time and and then all of a sudden he he turned and he started coming down and i could see bits and pieces of him probably like out there in between the branches and the trees about 80 yards and right up from where i had the blind set there's this big flat but all of a sudden he bugled and i'm like oh no this blind ain't going to do me no good now. You can't see where he's going to cross. He's yeah. already gotten above me. So I decide to get out of the blind. And I grab the bow. And and then I go to take off. And I went, oh, no, no, no. I forgot my arrows. So I had to go back into the blind <laughs> and get my arrows because I took them <laughs> off. The inside of the blind. So then I get back on going up the trail. And I only had to go like 50 yards. And I get up to the... To where I can actually see in that flat, and I'm expecting to see something. I'm like, where did he go? I, he just bugled right there. And I sat there for, oh, I don't know, maybe it seemed like 10 minutes, but it was only like three minutes. And I took a half a step, and the whole time he was only 15 yards behind a jack fir tree staring at me to my left. Oh, and I had no clue that he was even there until he whirled and took off. And I tried to cow call him, tried to stop him, and you know that game. He, he, he already had seen me for like three minutes standing yeah. there, you know, so that was over. But he was a nice bull. But um, So from that point, um, I don't know if I even sat in the blind much after that. I think I was running and gunning. I think, yeah, because everybody left. That was the four guys that came down to help. You know, they all left back on the plane. They were only there for the first week. So it was just me and my dad after that. And so we kind of teamed up. And it was I, I kind of said screw it on the, on the filming part because we both have tags. So, and that part of it was really hard. 
we were like little puppy dogs once they left. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like, uh, um, who's going to do the filming? Uh-oh. Who's going to do the call? That's tough with two guys, too. Guys you know? too. So, yeah. And that part of it really was a bummer that everybody had to leave. But but we took advantage of it, I guess, and as the best that we could. And, you know, we ended up killing two bulls. Mine was kind of a redemption bull. Because when Levi was with us, I did miss one. That was that was a bummer. <laughs> but <clears throat> there was one night, and if you go to and watch our little series that we did in New Mexico, um, you'll see the one night we have in the one canyon, I, I would say at least 25, 30 bulls. At least 25, 30 bulls. Only a couple were bugling. The bigger ones would bugle, you know. But we started I mean, up hundreds, on top in the I second. A couple hundred elk, at least, oh, yeah. in the one canyon. Wow. And so we went back there the next morning, and the wind was bad. It had blown down the canyon, and that's where all the elk were. So we tried to skirt them and get up high, and then the wind would switch. So we decided to just kind of go right we at them. We had some on our side, and we just yeah. went around those ones. And, I mean, the whole morning we could hear them screaming down there, so we knew we had to get down there, but we didn't want to blow all the elk out, you know, a couple hundred elk at least. And yeah, so we kind of took a, a little break and sat down and was wondering what we should do because the wind was bad. And then it kind of changed a little bit and started to blow thermals, started to kick in a little bit. And so we just bonsai right down to them and hoping that it wouldn't blow it. And yep. we, uh, we got really close and they were just across the canyon from us right in the bottom. We were probably 60 yards off the bottom and they were just across on the other side and all of a sudden the the woods came alive. I think what they did is they smelled us, but instead of blowing down the canyon, they started to come back up towards us a little bit, and then they circled right below us and came right at us. And the all the, was probably all the cows, doing, probably doing circles down there and just know, confusing the heck out of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean how they can't kind of came up onto our side, and we had we had the herd like come directly at us. We had a I had a bull right here. Like 15 yards next to me, a four by four. He knew I wasn't right. I just stood there as still as possible. <laughs> Tracy's right in front of me, and the whole herd's right, right in front of him, just on the other side of the trees. And this bull just standing there, started slowly walking towards me. And I looked like this, and the second I made eye contact with him like that, he bolted. <laughs> yes. But we ended up having the the whole herd came right up, just perfect right into my lap and I just I didn't have time to range I, I did range fine but he he came a little closer than what he did and then by the time everything started happening really quick I didn't have time to re- range find where he was going to be and I just guessed the yardage and I ended up shooting right under him and it was a bummer but it was kind of kind of my heart sunk pretty much you know i mean this is your opportunity and everybody takes time off of work to come down and help you and so but he ran up the hill all the cows and him ran up the hill and he went right back to bugling i mean two minutes after i shot at him he went right back to bugling so i knew i didn't hit him and then we looked over the footage and i couldn't find no blood no nothing and and then we heard on the radio, Dad, he was up on the top where they were going, and he seen them all bailing over the top, and the bull was with them. So I knew that it was a clean miss, you know. And I was thinking, oh, he's free game now. Was <laughs> <laughs> it a good bull? So he was about 320, 330 bull. He's the best one he in was, the herd. He was the best one in the herd there. Um, and... Yeah, it was it was tough to to take it in, but I mean you can't give up. Keep going after him, and and that's what we did, you know. And I missed on day six so, on the 
on a 16 day hunt and it, mm-hmm. that's that's a tough one to swallow yeah it is yeah, yeah. when you so, miss and you think that's your one opportunity and it was hard because the wind would the wind was horrible down the whole time. all the time and it would just swirl just swirl. you could never wherever the elk were you could never get the wind right Mm-hmm. That, and, that and, was for about a week, and it was it was tough. Really it was tough, and yeah. when you when you got in on them, and you started bugling and calling and trying to call them in, they would just take the cows and run. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they don't like here in Washington. They run a couple hundred yards, and that's their push. Over there, it's it's a mile push. Oh yeah, you know, half mile push, and you're down <clears throat> this canyon and up the other side and up and over that other side and. It's hard to keep up, so so that did was, you guys struggle a little bit? Were you guys utilizing calling more or trying to to intercept them, or what was your main tactic? Uh, we were running and gunning, bugling, screaming the to, whole time. To, to start wise, see, I had a little different tactic mm-hmm. um, than my dad did because we were split up at this point because um, we had everybody with us. But dad was bugling and running and gunning and just staying right on them and pushing and pushing and pushing and and we kind of took so a much. different aspect at it and they, there was so many bulls bugling that you didn't have to do anything you knew where they were right. kind of just moved in on them when so they were talking you would, yeah. you would just sneak in and get really really close and then try a call or something and it happened to us a couple times where we we would get within 100 yards 80 yards of them just just out of your sight and you would start cow calling and it would take the cows and just bail off the ridge yeah and it's like what what the heck they didn't like competition they don't know that down there there's so many bulls that they they just run so you're better off trying to ambush them because there probably is somebody bigger than them coming in Mm -hmm. yeah do you think yeah. they're towards towards the end we saw some we saw some dandies yeah <clears throat> there was a lot bigger bulls that moved in to that big where the bull yeah. of cows were um we saw well, after, a couple of them about 350 360 range after mm-hmm. they so, left uh the the guys left and tracy and i were pretty much so on our own at that point we just said we got to we got to buckle up here we got we got to get her done we only got a week now so that from that point it was you know i i called for you um on and i and then i went on that other side of that canyon yeah and then because he seen some bulls up on the side that i was on he was actually watching for me i was on a completely different ridge top and i could see about a 350 bull with a bunch of cows bedded right. on his side and he was at the top of the ridge so i just it was kind of midday and i just laid down on the hillside just glassing for him watching these bulls and and trying to get him in a good spot for when they get up to make an ambush on them you know and then get one of them and all of a sudden i i just lay in there i bows you know, off on its own, laying up against a tree, and just got my binoculars, glass, and I hear the stud. Like, that's a weird, weird sound for the woods. You know, you don't really hear it. And I just slowly look to my right, and there's a bull walking right at me. He's probably 40 yards from me. I'm going, oh. <laughs> you don't have your bow. I don't have my bow. Not, not an arrow knock, no nothing, you know. And So I just kind of sit there and see what he's going to do, and he just walks right at me and he gets about 25 yards or so from me 20 yards and he kind of looks at me and knows i'm kind of not right but i'm not moving or anything so he just kept coming and he came i had a couple little trees right to my right and he at this point is about 10 yards from me and he comes around the corner of the trees and I'm thinking he's just going to walk right on behind me. And he starts to turn and come right where my legs are walking. I mean, he's five five yards now. And he starts to turn, come towards me. And I didn't, I didn't know what he was going to do. And I didn't want him to walk all over my legs that are laying right there between the trees. And so I kind of just moved my body, just, just a slight touch, you know. And his eyes got about 
freaking, you know, way, way big. And he kind of whirled and turned and he stopped and I grabbed my bow real quick. And he's staring right at me, so I can't, he already seen me now move, so I don't want to knock an arrow. And he just slowly starts walking right up behind me at 25 yards. And by this time, I'm, oh, what do I got to lose? I got to knock an arrow. So he's just walking and I knock an arrow and he goes behind one tree and he's back up behind me now. And so I do the whole spin around real quick and he just keeps on walking like he's never even seen a man. It's, it's just blew my mind how it worked, but, um, but right at 20 yards, he went behind a tree and I drew and cow called and stopped him right in the, the little window that I had and put it right behind the shoulder. But, but just crazy how it goes from you're sitting on a hillside and that's another, don't go back to camp midday because anything can happen. Mm -hmm. That's you know? cool. And not expecting anything and so but yeah it's pretty cool how it happened yeah. so scott tell us about your bull so from from that point right there uh we got that bull out um and decided to go back in there the next day i can't remember was the next day the last day but uh, no. okay no. Well, let me backtrack just a little bit we had this this road that we were using to get in there and there was some trees across the road and we go around these trees and go to the end of the road and park and there was a spring there that we discovered and these mm -hmm. bulls every single morning these bulls were at the spring getting water and we'd hear them and they would hear us shut the quad off and get off the quad. only 150 yards from them the the hill. The quads off so this happened a couple days after your bull it was yep. because we did that for two days straight, I yep. think. And then it was like, you know what? We're going to outsmart this thing. So when we got to the tree, which was in, uh, probably 500 yards from the end of the road, I said, let's stop the quad there and not go around the tree. Let's stop, shut it off. Let's walk down the road. And as we're walking down the road, it's there. They're it's in the chaos. Springs, they're they're, they're, chaos. they're screaming. I said, we got to hurry up. We got to keep going around that road and we got to get way up on that ridge ahead of them. So when they're done watering, we'll intercept them coming up. And I don't know, you know me, I was winded, but uh, we we did our best and got up and around there. And and uh, Tracy actually, I we started, we started doing set it up. And we started doing a bunch of calling and, you know, the I, bull, the bull kind of sounded like he was coming our way a little bit and. Well, I had that one that was probably a 320 bull standing there, yes. and, and he just wouldn't commit and come down to his calls, and I kept turning around telling Tracy to go back, go back, go back, and I seen him the whole time. He's just probably a hundred and twenty yards. He just hung, hung up. He, he could see up. where I was calling from. Mm -hmm. It's all he, down there. It's wide it's open, open timber, you know. So, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, as he backtracked to go up the ridge and was kind of not interested. I could hear one screaming just like right over the edge. And I'm like, oh boy. He keeps getting and closer. He was getting closer. closer. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I better concentrate on looking at this the horizon of the ridge now and not look paying attention to this guy because it's probably like 80 yards to the top. And uh, so I kind of pivoted towards that and he kept calling. And the next, it was his history from there. I just seen the, the tops of those antlers coming. And I was like, uh oh, there he is, you know. So I got ready, and I'm not a big fan of shooting one uh, right in the square in the chest ever. I've never taken that shot. I've seen people that that have taken it. Um, I just never done it myself. Um, and I, I knew that if I had the opportunity, I knew that from what everybody has always said, it's got to be close, and it's got to be perfect. Or it ain't gonna work. Yeah. And but it is lethal. Yeah. It happens. And honestly, it couldn't have been any more perfect. He was probably about twenty-two yards, I think, is what we figured. Mm -hmm. And I put it right on the chest, and the rest was history. He only went up the hill, right to the top of the hill, and piled up. So yeah, um, just out of sight. Just out. Just out of sight. <clears throat> so but yeah, it was kind of funny because it that was on the last day in the morning, and there was. Not one bugle we did. 
in that calling. When I was down over the hill, I had three, four calls in my hand, cow calls in my hand, just blowing, I mean, nonstop, that sound, and I was running over here, running over there, just making all kinds of havoc back there, you know, thinking, that sounded like a herd. You got to do something, yeah. you know, and I, awesome. I sounded like a bunch of cows back there, but but never never bugled once, and he came he came flying in. Wow. So, and Scott, your bull came, was a last day bull, too? Yeah. That was the last yeah. day. That's, you know, last, last morning. We almost... Didn't even go out. Yeah. I'm like, it's the last day. We got to at least give yeah. it the morning and try it. Yeah. And if nothing happens, we'll come back to camp and pack up and go home. But hmm. but it, <laughs> it worked out. That's yeah. That's what mine was this year, too. Last yep. last day. Yeah, you can't give up. You, nope. you can't. Mm-mm. You just got to keep going out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was, it was a very fun three weeks that we spent down there yeah mm-hmm. long the, long time but one of you need that best. much time to to get acclimated and you know it's, it's, figure the elk out you got to figure them out because it took at least 10 days to figure the elk out and what they were doing mm-hmm. that's cool yeah i remember we were just getting into colorado when you guys called me yeah and you're like yeah, yeah we're tagged out and i'm like yes that yeah. i was so stoked <laughs> for you guys actually you guys were quite a bit earlier or the first it was the fir- first of september through the 14th yeah yeah, yeah you were about yeah. a week that was later. when i was yeah. Le- yeah. I, we left i left for idaho on i think the 13th yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so you guys had already tagged out and yeah that was yeah, pretty was, cool though yeah unfortunately tracy and i were um you know there again by ourselves so we didn't have the levi to be there for the camera part of it otherwise it, 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 there would have been some that part of fabulous. it sucks because it would have been awesome awesome footage of the bowl i i honestly before i moved my body i could have reached up and touched his nose that's he cool. was so close yeah, it was. It kind of scared me because I didn't know what he was gonna do. Was he gonna tromp you know, all over you? I, I, you, know, you never know. So yeah. before he did it, I wanted to. Yeah, that video is out on YouTube of, yep. of you telling the story, and it shows the tree, and it shows right where he was sitting, and everything. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. that series you guys put out is awesome. Like the country is beautiful, and all the shots you guys got. It's tough though. You know, people got jobs and they got to get back home and it's tough to have just like a designated camera guy to mm-hmm. be there to film all the time. I mean, yeah, it's tough. It takes a lot well, of dedication. Filming itself is mm-hmm. tough. I and, mean, if you, even this is, you know, set once I killed, I think it was the ninth, ninth day that I killed. Um, you know, we had till the 14th to get him, his bowl. And so I picked up a camera and started doing some, filming and trying to do my best to film it and call in you know so you, there's not a whole ton of footage that he's right there so yeah. but that's the way it goes yeah there there's yeah. some footage on the one that i didn't get so yeah there's yeah. there's that too yeah yeah i had one that i you can't see you can't see the bull but you can hear him he's fired up and we we did the old sneak attack on these elk and got yeah. in really really close and that was a we big wait, big bull. We wasted a day and a half looking for a bull that I hit. Yeah. So, but that was between your kill and my kill. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so, tough. Man. Yeah, he was he was a big one. So, uh, just taking a he, he guess, went a long ways. He was three forty ish. You know, big nice yeah. one. So. Did you get him in the shoulder or one shot? I think it sounded uh, uh, sounded like yeah, shoulder, sounded bone, shoulder like blade. A paddle up front, so just a little four, <clears throat> too forward. So it rocked his world when it hit, and I could hear that. So, but yeah, it's yeah. a tough thing about archery hunting. Is sometimes then he, that happens. Then he got in after a little while. He got in with a whole bunch of other elk, and that didn't. That it was it was hard it. to track. Yeah, hard to track. You know, a yeah. hundred different tracks going every which way, it's and tough. finding. I mean, just a drop here and a drop there every hundred yards. It's to me yeah, really how tough. tough they really are. Mm-hmm. You know, he bedded down twice, and from that point, by the time he ended up in the bottom, I didn't have any more blood. He had laid down and rubbed it so hard that I just like I just, know, nothing yeah. after that. Uh, so yeah. it's too bad. 
Well, I'm super stoked you guys got it done, man. That's mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. amazing. It was a very, very fun hunt. So awesome. Anytime you can spend time with the kids, it's you know, time. even even if we didn't kill that hunt by far is the funnest hunt you right. will ever go on. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. yeah. Even just to experience the elk woods and the bugling and everything, yeah. Just to experience. <laughs> quite honestly, you know, um, it, it, it doesn't even really matter what unit down there. If you can draw a unit down there in New Mexico, it is ten times better than up here in this northwest. Oh, mm-hmm. I've, uh, I've heard, heard that, yeah. 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 So don't think you got to be in just one certain unit down there. You know, we just happened to be in the, the prime unit, but in the Gila, but it was definitely we, we, not. We, we put in for different units, three different units, and that, it's worked out to where we draw our first choice ones, right. but but yeah. you got to, well, I mean, we put in for mediocre units down there just to go down and just to do it. Mm-hmm. So, right. you know, and we're hoping here another week or so draw results will come out so yeah, <laughs> yeah. hoping for two and two yeah, years in a row i keep checking the emails daily yeah. actually about everything you guys draw that again yeah <laughs> you might as well go play the lottery yeah right <laughs> yeah that's super cool. awesome so but, but honestly we we average about every four years is when we'll draw yeah is cool. what we've been averaging yeah and for the guys that are listening uh, in new mexico you always get if you are successful you will get that email before you know that the draw is even out oh okay so they send you an email it says successful cool yeah. and then the next day the draw comes so mm-hmm. it's kind of kind of cool so what do you guys got planned for 2019 does it all depend on draw results yeah, yeah. and everything mm-hmm. for sure Depends on where we draw, what we draw. Uh, we obviously put in for New Mexico. Uh, if we don't draw that, then we'll put in for Idaho, and then obviously Washington too. So we kind of plan what we draw if we go rifle or archery and for different states, just so we're not overlapping anything. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> so that's a big thing that we kind of play. So, but a lot of it is, if we don't draw New Mexico, then we'll we'll definitely go after Idaho for sure. Gotcha. Yeah. Because that's another, you know, nobody has any points. So, man, I think, and I think we need to get together and plan a hunt together. Maybe go to Colorado or something, and mm-hmm. that'd be awesome. fun. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. I, I think we between all of us together we'd have enough camera guys and we can put together a pretty cool hunt and that'd be awesome it would be fun it'd be fun it'd be a fun whether we killed some or not it'd be a fun hunt. Right. just all of us together yeah right well it doesn't even have to be a a, a deal where we draw i mean over the counter over the counter yeah. let's go yeah that's what's cool is there's still, you know, a number of states out there that you can do over-the-counter hunts in. Right. And hopefully that continues, you know, because that gives everybody a chance to get out and hunt. And we want more people getting out there and hunting elk and hunting deer. And, you know, especially, you know, a lot of guys like on the east side, that you know, they don't have elk. They're starting to get elk in some of those states. Or they don't, they don't have the opportunity like we have, you know, here even in Washington. Washington ain't the greatest elk state, but at least we have opportunity here. They can still go. Exactly. Yep. And every day spent in the elk woods is a great day. Yep. I mean, yep. for sure. Hands down. And that that's a big thing with, you know, that we do. You know, even if we don't draw a unit that we want or draw a state that we want, we still go to an over-calendar unit and we still go and hunt. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you guys plan on getting what? Levi behind a bow this year? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's actually yep. running right now for... <laughs> For the New Mexico, so all three yep. of us put in together. Cool, yeah, sweet, so, cool. That's it's awesome. all or nothing. Well, Levi, you killed your first bull last year, right? Two, three years three ago, years I think. Three years ago. Three years ago. Seems like it was just yeah. the year before last. Yeah, that was, was fun. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah I was about fun. that. I was stoked for you, man. That's super cool. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, he was. He was there was a, there was a lot of stoked too when he was coming in at ten yards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was a. I could barely get the boat back. It was a little hot mess. When you never experienced that, it's hard to keep your composure. Like, I remember my first time and it was like a mess. Like, I, I couldn't even contain it's chaos. myself. Yeah. 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 Well, with the boat, it's 
quite a bit different. Yeah. And, and they killed different any than rifle. elk with a rifle? No. Yeah. No. Muzzleloader, I wounded one and yeah. Stop <laughs> doing that, but yeah. Well, awesome. Well, you guys got a pretty cool event coming up. Uh, why don't you guys tell everybody that's listening about the event you guys got coming up? Well, uh, we want to uh, have an event there. We, we had this idea about a year ago that we wanted to put together a, an event where everybody could come to the to my house uh, in Battleground and have a uh, where they could bring their antlers, uh, bring their mounts, even if it's just a shed. Bring shed horns, yeah. any kind of horns. It don't matter yeah. if it's a ram, a sheep, doesn't matter. Anything, just bring it. It's not about inches. Right. It's about getting everybody together and sharing the passion and yep. tell, telling your hunting stories, you know. So everybody's going to just mingle around everybody and just tell the stories of everything. So, so it's going to be like a big show and tell, right? Pretty, pretty much. much. Yep. 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 And yep. then we're going to have a barbecue. Um, so there'll be food. Um, there'll be, uh, you know, beverages there. And then there'll be some beverages to, for purchase, obviously. Um, and then um, from that point, stuff to give away. And yeah, we're gonna have a big giveaway yeah, at the yeah. end of the night. So I got we're getting quite a few sponsors now for it. So yeah, helping us out huge. Yeah, yep. there's a few that are in the running that I can't, um, you know, obviously say right now, but that uh, probably by the event will probably come on board. So, but the ones that we do have right now, um, um, thank you for that support yeah. for sure. Yeah, we um, appreciate everything. So without that, it's, I don't think we could do it yeah. to have a bunch of giveaways for, for everybody that attends. And when you guys first talked to me about this event, I, I knew it was going to be popular. I mean, just to get everybody together to eat and and have some beers and just talk about hunting stories and, right. and just just show off your year talk about your year it, right you can't go wrong with something like that and i'm super excited for it yeah. um there's uh i'm just gonna you know to throw it out there um once she reaches uh, about 500 people i'm probably gonna slow down on the entry um you know for because i can probably. have probably put a top on it about yeah. you know 500 I can handle about 500 at my house but not much more than that so um so go to the illness outdoors uh, website and uh, the tickets or you can purchase a ticket right there on the click on the event yep. and purchase some tickets how much are the tickets for the event ten dollars ten dollars to get in okay and you so, guys are you guys are supplying food, so if you if yep. you buy a ticket, you get you get food for free right. essentially. Yep, that's correct. And yep. there's going to be tons of giveaways. I mean, and twelve and under are free. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. Kids are free, so twelve yeah, and one, under. One thing I actually uh, didn't put on the invite is uh, kids twelve and under. Um, I'm going to let them fish the lake. So. Oh, cool. You know, the trout that are in there, they're ranging from about a pound to even up to 18 pounds. So, <laughs> I didn't realize you had trout in there that big. Yeah, oh, yeah they're big. There's some big ones. There's some big ones in there. <laughs> oh, so, that's cool. Yeah, they'll have fun. So, and that's what it's about. It's so that everybody has fun, even the kids. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And where can everybody reach you guys on social media? Uh, at the Illness Outdoors. Facebook. You guys are on yeah. Facebook yeah. and Instagram. Instagram. And YouTube. YouTube right? yep. And then our, our website's www.theillnessoutdoors.com. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, yep. If you guys are interested in that event, make sure you get on there, buy a ticket, come hang out with us. It's going to be a good time. And I know I'm super excited for it. Yep. It'll be a good time just to get everybody together and. We don't do it enough through the year, so this is just another opportunity to to talk hunting, yeah, share the passion. Sure. And I'm still yeah. I'm trying to get these guys to do a, a elk calling contest, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I think it'd be time for <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways, well, thank you guys for joining us and chatting about hunting, and 
Sure. Thanks, Thanks for having Thanks us. Thank you for having us. Good luck for uh, 2019. Hopefully it's a good year. Yep. Should, it'll be a good year whether we draw it or not. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you could, please hit that subscribe button. Share this out there to all your friends and family. And if you didn't like it, go ahead and comment below and let us know that you didn't like it because we want to hear that feedback also. All right, everybody. So a new thing that we're doing is all of our uh, new guests that we have into the podcast, we are going to have them sign our door here and just kind of lets us know you know, who's been in and, and joined us on an episode of the Addicted Hunting or the Addicted Fishing Podcast. So we're going to have these guys sign our door and we're going to wrap up today's podcast. So thanks for tuning in.